Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. All God's people said, If you didn't say amen, then become a God's people today. Amen? Amen. And if you said it falsely, God knows that too. That water doesn't save you. If you have a copy of scripture today, let me invite you to the book of Acts, chapter number 28. As you're turning there, because I know you're as slow at Bible drill as I am, I'll give you just a few minutes up here, okay? Uh, While you're turning there, I want to say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity uh, to serve the Lord in India. You have been a blessing and a help in many ways in the years gone by. Uh, We just got back toward the end of July on a trip that seemed to be chaotic and it is kind of the reason that I've chosen the scripture this week that the Lord's put on my heart as I was reading through the book of Acts um, to share with you today. It was a nightmare in travel uh, but God is good and he is bigger than our nightmares. He is bigger than our problems in life and I am thankful that he allowed us to go there. I was able to see My father-in-law baptized, and if you knew my father-in-law, you would say amen because he was one of those people that you pray for and you never believe God's going to save them even when you're praying for them. Y'all got people like that? You're praying for them, but in the back of your mind, you're saying, yeah, right. But God is bigger than your yeah, right. He's bigger than your doubt. He is faithful, and I'm grateful that he can do the amazing, miraculous, above and beyond. (laughs) what you can expect or believe or even imagine. But I was able to baptize him. He was a man who came home drunk every night from work for decades upon decades, and the Lord saved his soul, Uh, got a hold of him, and I'm grateful for that, being able to baptize him. Our last journey uh, just in the month of July. But do uh, continue to pray for us. I plan to go back toward uh, the beginning of the year, Lord willing. And uh, in the year and the days of COVID, I'm grateful the Lord enabled us to build our 48th church building. Um, And it was amazing. Uh, I wasn't even there, but I had pictures of it. I didn't bring them with me today. But this recent journey, we looked at buying and purchased our 49th land and looking to purchase our 50th land for a church building uh, in India. And when I say church building, I'm not talking about the convenience of church in the United States. You may see one every 100 miles, 200 miles, 300. It's not like you drive six miles and see 16 churches here. Uh, That's not India. And uh, I'm grateful to the Lord for our 48th completion in 2001 and grateful for what he's working on and completing this year in which we live in. God's not dead. Thank you for three of you that believe that. Let me say that again. God's not dead. Amen. Amen. For the rest of you who joined in by cheerleading, thank you for joining. God is not dead. He is alive, and I'm grateful that he is. And uh, I want to look at a text today. Thank you for clothes. Thank you for shoes, uh, for food. Thank you for support, for medicines. I can't begin to mention everything uh, that you've had part in. Sulphur Springs, we love you, and I say thank you a thousand times. Thank you on kids who cannot come here and stand before you and say thank you. And if you ever meet, if you're a child of God, if you're truly a child of God, you'll meet them someday. And I'm grateful for that. So uh, 
So they'll say thank you. You'll, you'll be, they'll be like, I'm here because of you. And God does that. God is an amazing God. Acts 28, if you found your place, I've given you enough time. That's the last chapter, by the way, uh, toward the ends of that book, the book of Acts. If you're willing and able to stand, let me invite you to do that to reverence the reading of the word of the Lord. Thank you. I was, I was planning on using y'all, Ethan. I did not turn my, okay, thank you. The sound men, all sound men go to heaven, amen. They never reach the age of accountability because they don't listen. So I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Ethan and Chuck, y'all have always been a blessing to me. Thank you always for your help up there. And they're pointing, you don't have your mic on. Sorry. But, uh, but I want to say today, it's a joy to be alive. And the last three years, if you don't realize every day is a special day, you must have been asleep or had your head buried in the sand somewhere. I'm thankful. I'm thankful to be here today. But uh, if you'll look with me, I want to ponder these verses together today. Paul is in the midst of a shipwreck, and here's where we join in. We'll look back in just a second. It says in verse 1, Acts 28, and when they were escaped and they knew that the island was called Melita, and the barbarous people showed, shewed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians said, or saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, <laughs> though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked, when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly, but after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. In the same quarters uh, were possessions of the chief man of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and, lo and lodged us there and lodged us three days courteously. It and it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, others also which had disease in the island came and were healed, who also honored us with many honors and when uh, we departed, they laid at us with such things as were necessary. You may be seated this morning. I trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to our hearts as we study it together today. I, I love this church. I love every church for the most part that we're affiliated with and support us. You do notice I said for the most part, I have to be honest from where I stand. 
I love you. Uh, I hope you love us. But I say this, I love you because Christ first loved me. And you should love me back for the same reason. And I'm grateful for that. At times, at times we're on life's journey, Sulphur Springs, and there are times in life's journey you wonder if you're going to make it through. You think to yourself, if you're a child of faith, man, praise God I don't have to cross my fingers because my faith is more real than this world in which I live. Amen. What you believe in ought to go beyond what you can see with your physical eyes. And Paul, I don't know if you know his story up to now, but if you read in Acts chapter number 27, Paul is on a ship and and uh, that ship is headed toward Rome, and they've, in, they've encountered a storm in chapter number 27. And Paul says prior to the voyage in chapter number 27, Paul says it's going to be a dangerous trip, it's going to be a, it's going to be a difficult trip, we probably shouldn't go on this trip in chapter number 27. If you look at verse number, verse number 10, it, it's clearly mentioned there, Paul says those things. He says, I perceived that this voyage will, will hurt and it will be with hurt and much damage, not only the lading of the ship, but also, but also our lives. They, they didn't listen to the man of God. And how many do you know that when you don't listen to God's man, you go ahead and do things the way you wish to, problems come. Things start falling apart and sure enough, Paul predicted that it wasn't going to be a good journey and and they do exactly the opposite of what Pastor Paul says. They load up the ship and they head on the way that they wanted to head anyway. And they encounter a storm in verse 14. That storm's name is Eurachlodon. And it is a big storm. It is a violent storm. It is a vicious storm. And it was such a storm that they felt like their life was in jeopardy. They felt like everything uh, that they was heading into, it was going to be the ends of, of their life. They're near death and and they're ready to abandon ship. And Paul says, don't abandon ship, abide in the ship. Because in the midst of the storm, God has sent an angel to Paul and has revealed something to Paul. And in verse number 25, it's in your Bible, in chapter 27, Paul says this word, for I believe God. Church, I want you to know something. The message is the same for you today. You ought to leave this place today in the midst of your storm, whether you're ship is falling apart, where your life is falling apart, whether your journey looks like it's going to be a sunken vessel, saying this, I believe in God. I don't believe in Google. I believe in God. I don't believe in Siri. I trust in what my Savior says today. Does anyone at Sulphur Springs believe in God? Amen. Amen. Thank God for 40 of you. The rest of you join in and believe in Him before you, before you leave God's house today because he's, he's worthy of your trust and worthy of your your praise today. There's a lot of news out there, a lot of opinions out there. There's a lot of uh, they said, and I've I've always wondered. Y'all, you ever heard they said this? Who's they? I've always wondered that. Or he said at school. Y'all are going back to that, kids. Good Lord, bless your hearts. He said, she said. There's a lot of that. You're going to have to take your stand and put your foot down where you believe. Paul said, "I believe in God." I'm not going to believe the media. I'm going to believe God and what he says. I'm not going to believe what they said or he said. She, your book is full of truth. It is nothing but. There is no error in it. And you can trust it to the highest of, of your faith. Paul said, we're going to make it. 
Child of God, I've got the same report for you today. You're going to make it. In the midst of the storm, in the worst storm of your life, you're going to make it through. This journey is not your end. This will not be your last. There is an eternal life that awaits the child of God. Hallelujah. The Bible reports they did make it. In verse 44, before we enter into our text today, in chapter number 27, if you look there, in verse 44, it says at the very last part of that verse, that, that they escaped all to safe land. And in prior to that verse, in verse 44, it says some on boards. I don't know if they uh, had surfboards, but it says boards, some on boards. But anyway, I don't know if they surfed in, but I've got good news for you in the midst of your storm. When your boat breaks, when it looks like you're not going to make it, when you can't see dry land, I'm glad to say this. God can surf you through your storm. Amen. He's got a wave just for you. Amen. Hang ten. Right? He's, he's, got, he, he's got a board in your brokenness. He's got a float in your failures. He's got a way in your washouts. God has something for you. If you feel like it's all falling apart today. Verse number 24 uh, in, in, our, in our text of chapter 27. It says, saying, fear not, Paul. Paul had uh, been told by God himself through the angel, you, you must be brought before Caesar, uh, and lo, God hath given them uh, all to sail with thee. He, God had made a promise, and I'm glad that God's promise is always more than what men says is going to happen. Go on, preach, preacher. I believe I will. God said it. It's on people's license plate. I believe it. That settles. That's, that's Baptist baloney. You hear me? God said it, I believe it, that settles. That's junk, man. God said it, and that settled it whether you believed it or not. Amen. I'm glad you believe that, because whether you do or not, it doesn't matter. Because God's word is forever settled in heaven. It will not change according to your attitude, your emotion, your circumstance, nor situation. It does not change. And he enters in, into chapter 28, here they are in verse number 1. They're, they're on an island called Melita, which is present-day Malta. They are there in Melita due to a storm, uh, a storm which they did not desire to be in. And while Paul is trying to help others, Paul is trying to, to put wood on the fire. Paul is gathering a bundle of wood, and while he's trying to help others get warm, while he's trying to help others in the midst of the shipwreck dry their clothes out, while while Paul is trying to be a comfort and a help to, to cook food on the fire and feed the fire. While Paul is being a helper, a viper jumps out and, and it bites him on the hand. And that's what I want to preach today for just a few moments in our hearing in verse number 5. These words in verse 5 it says, and he shook it off. I'm here to tell you, Sulphur Springs, there's something you need to shake off. Amen. Amen. Shake it off. Something is latched on to you while you've been amidst a shipwreck. Something's latched on to you while you've tried to be a helper. Something's latched on to you while you've been doing good. And I'm here to tell you today, the viper is not your end. Amen. How many of y'all like snakes? That's a bad word anyway. Viper. <laughs> Makes me eerie and creepy. Makes your skin crawl without anything being on it. Y'all know the feeling? When you see them. I'm crazy enough, I, I pick a black snake up, my wife, she gets, ah, you want, you want to keep them in the house? Put a snake in front of them, amen? It'll work. She'll run all the way across the yard. 
Y'all ever seen an Indian run fast? I can show you. I've got a trick. Put a snake in front of her. She's quick. She can outrun me. I ain't fast anyway, but she can sure. There are some religions who believe you ought to handle snakes. There is still a mental hospital up in Broughton. Amen, by the way. All religions welcome. Let me say this. All religions are foolish that do not line up with the word of God. And those are foolish ones who try and test God and tempt God to handle snakes. It's not just, not just a snake in our text today. The Bible says it's a venomous snake, poisonous snake. It's, it's a poison that, that would kill you. It should be dead. Uh, dead, is, dead is dead gifts. Dead is a doornail. I don't know where that phrase comes from, but anyway, it comes to my mind when I think of really dead. I don't know how you get really dead, but Paul shouldn't be alive, but... Paul gets a, a dose of that. Paul gets a, a, a bite of that viper, of that poisonous snake. Remember, Dr. Luke's writing this book. He knows what he's talking about. He gets bit by a snake that should kill him dead. He ought not be a standing up. And to an average person, when you look at this situation, you would, you would think to this, uh, if, if this was me in Paul's shoes, it would seem, oh, I've been bitten by a venomous snake and it's got a grip on me, and uh, it's injecting me with, with its poison. It's injecting me uh, with its venom. It's penetrating my system. It's, it's entering my, oh, Elizabeth, I'm coming to see you, dear. Right? That, that's what you're thinking in the midst of, of your problem and your struggle. My, my ministry's over, God. Uh, it must, you must be done with me, Lord. Uh, it must be my end. I'm, I'm on a ship, Lord. I didn't want to be on a I'm, I'm in a journey and on an island that I didn't desire to be at. Uh, I'm in a storm that, that I told them already that we would encounter with a people that I don't know full of an island with uh, barbarous people. Paul doesn't react that way. Paul doesn't do that at all. Paul reacts as most would not. Paul, Paul doesn't react with dismay. He doesn't react with, with doubt or distress. He doesn't uh, react with the downtrodden spirit. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, react with a given up attitude. He, he doesn't give in, nor does Paul give out. Paul, Paul wasn't going to quit, and I'm here to tell you, Sulphur Springs, that if you're in the midst of problems, don't you quit either. He's worthy of standing and believing. I believe in God. In the midst of your storm, shake it off. What do you need to do? Shake it off. You need to shake your beast off. We drink, we drink monsters at stores. What fuels you? Monster energy drinks. <laughs> this was a venomous snake. I have to report to everybody here today, whether you're going into a storm, whether you're coming out of a storm, there's a storm that awaits you in life. And if you're not ready for it, you'll give up, you'll throw in the towel, You'll quit, and I don't know what's going on in each person's life. I go to a new church every single Sunday of the year, and I have no idea what each family and each congregation and each soul that's sitting here in God's house is facing. But I can tell you this on the authority of God's Word, that if the storm comes and you'll trust in God, He'll see you through. Whether it's on this side or the other, He'll see you through. Amen. Someone here today at Silver Springs Maybe looking at a storm. You may be going into a storm. You're at a place you didn't desire to be at. You're dealing with something you didn't expect to have to deal, it, deal with. You're encountering something that was not on your itinerary uh, to, to, be, uh, to be on. You're in a day 
uh, that, that you did not have planned on your calendar. That, that may be you today. What you're in the midst of, you wasn't planning on being there. That's Paul in our story. The vipers come out of the fire. It's, it's fastened onto your hand and the, the venom is in your system. The world says it should kill you. The devil says it's all over for you. Uh, our flesh is telling us, oh, just throw in the towel. It's over. You might as well quit. And you may be about to believe that, but I, I'm here today to say that it's not over until God says it's over. It's not over when a fat lady sings. It's not over when a skinny lady sings. It's over when God says it's over, amen? And God hasn't said it's over for you yet. So shake it off. You're still here. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. I'm not saying that your trial is small. I'm not saying that your burden is light. I'm not saying that your sickness is easy. I'm not saying your, your difficulty is a sense that you're in right now. Oh, but what I am telling you is that God is greater than your trial. I'm telling you that God is victorious over your viper. I'm telling you that God is better than your beast and that he's stronger than your storms. Amen. That's our God. That's the one we serve. But oh my, uh, the, the Baptists need to quit living so depressed and so destitute and so uh, distressed and so hum-ho. Don't let the viper win in your life. Uh, tell the viper, uh, you've got to go back to the fire from which you came from in Jesus' name. Amen. You tell a Baptist to be happy, man, they're the most hum-ho people. Hum-ho. We're barely making it, Brother Clark. They start swelling. Most Baptists are swollen people today. They've been bit. They're swelling up. They're just about dead. I'm glad you sang Revive Us again. Brother Mark, God's trying to pump the poison out. He's, he's cut you. He's trying to suck it out. This one, spit it out. That's what, that's what happens when the viper bites you. You got, you got to be revived. Uh, Paul didn't have to have that. He had enough life in him. But God helped the church today. They don't have the life that Paul had in him. Oh, but they need it. They need what Paul had. I want to look at just a few things today uh, before we conclude this morning. But before I jump into the, the bulk of the message, let me say this. That Christ has the anti-venom for your life. And if you've never accepted Christ if you've never applied the blood of Calvary when you get bit your blood will be infected when you get bit you will swell up when you get bit you will die let me say this and if you die without Christ you'll spend eternity dead in a place called hell lake of fire torment where the rich man still is asking for a drop of water if you don't know the Bible, you ought to check out Luke 16. Oh my, I'm telling you today, but Christ does give eternal life. He has the anti-venom for the bites that will come your way in life, for the storms that you'll face in life. So let me leave you with a few thoughts to ponder on what the storm did to Paul, what the storm is doing to all of us. We just went through a storm called COVID, and some of us are still in the midst of it. Some of us uh, are still battling some of you come out of it some of you shaking it off some of you haven't shaken it off but you won't shake off every storm but let me say this in the midst of your storm in the midst of your struggle shake it off when you're stranded and when you're alone Paul was stranded and alone if you look at verse one he was on an island called Melita sure he was surrounded with barbarous people but he was a prisoner he was alone 
He didn't have nobody there like-minded with him. Uh, remember, he's on this island, and, and Paul's, Paul's been a lot of places in his miss, missionary journey so far. Paul uh, had gone those places, though, on purpose. All the places that Paul had been to, he went there by plan. He went there on purpose, meaningfully. But when he lands on Melita, when he, when he gets to this place, he does it not, not on purpose. He does it shipwrecked, unplanned, if you will. He's, he's putting sticks onto the fire. He's being good. He's not cussing. He's not gambling. He's not, he's not drinking and getting drunk. He's not gossiping. He's not, he's not cheating. No, he, he's doing something good. Paul is being a help here in this story. And just, just because you're doing something good, Sulphur Springs, let me report to you, just because you're doing something good doesn't mean that you're not going to have an issue. doesn't mean you're not going to have a storm. It doesn't mean you're not going to have a viper that comes out and bites you in the middle of your goodness of life. Just because you're doing well and being well and doing what God intended you to do, just because you're serving God, don't mean you won't be stranded and alone. Sometimes you're you're serving God, you're tithing, you're praying, you're reading your Bible, you're, you're teaching in Sunday school, you're preaching uh, God's Word, you're, you're, you're raising your children right, yet sickness still comes your way, difficulty still enters into your marriage, rebellion still comes from your kids. Uh, when you ask yourself, Lord, why are those living devilish? Uh, why are they storm-free, it seems like, when I look at their life? Why? Why do I have nothing but storms? Somebody here is in a storm today. I say this, Paul told young Timothy when he wrote 2 Timothy 3 and 12, he says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That just knocked out all the health, wealth, and prosperity preachers. Go on and preach, preacher. Oh, it's hard to find uh, it's hard to find peace uh, when you're in a place that you can't stand. It's hard to find uh, uh, it's hard to find God in the midst of a place where you're not sure. When you feel abandoned, when you feel outside of your place of choice, that's where Paul is. Paul's been a lot of places, but never Melita. Paul's never been to a place like this. Paul's never been bitten by a viper and. Someone, someone here today may feel like as if you're alone, stranded, your, your boat's broken down and busted up, but you didn't intend to be where you are today, and you're asking yourself, should I give up, or should, should, should I quit, but I'm here to tell you, shake it off, that's what I'm here to tell you, number two, I won't be long, let me say number two, uh, Paul said to shake it off when you're smitten, and when you're, you're abused, I don't know if anybody here in the church has ever been hurt, anybody here ever been hurt? Yeah, okay. Y'all are all liars. Okay, but anyway, I appreciate, I appreciate your non-honesty. And uh, at any rate, everybody here has been hurt. And if anybody here will tell you that it's fun to be hurt, has learned how to lie really good. It's not fun at all. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Okay? A viper's bitten him. He's not on an excursion. Pastor Bradley's not on a swimming with the dolphins in Jamaica on an island. No, he's on Melita, and he's, he's been bitten in Melita. He's been smitten, he's hurt, and he's being abused. He's there due to being on a boat as a prisoner, not by choice for doing something that he hadn't done wrong. That's why he's there. And Paul lands on this island, not by choice. The storm has put him there. And I'm here to ask you today, has a storm recently hurts you in life, something that you're still bitter about, broken about, maybe you're swollen up about it, 
There's a lot of swollen Baptists today. How you doing? Fine. Your eyes are swelling up. Your ears are swollen shut. You can't hear God no more. It's done swelling up. You're about dead. There's an antivenom here today. If you feel stranded, if you feel smitten, Paul said, shake it off if you're smitten and abused, hurt while your hands have been helping, hurt, <laughs> hurt by, by horrible poison. That word poison, man, it shows de desperate of problems. You've got problems, you've got pressures, you've got dangerous people that surround you, poison from every aspect entering into your system. And someone here today has been hurt. You've been abused by, by words. You've been abused by someone letting you down, someone... Uh, who's had a hero that you've trusted and looked up to, they've underachieved in front of your eyes. And, and all, how in the middle of the work of God, here is Paul, and you're thinking, man, in the middle of God's work, can this smiting and can this abuse come his way? Surely this shouldn't happen to Paul. He's doing good things. And I'm telling you, there was no greater man, there was no godlier man on the island of Melita than that of the Apostle Paul in Acts number 28. He's the only one there, however, that got bit by a snake. Did you note that? I know, I know if you was God, I know if I was God, wouldn't the Bible be written differently? Ain't it? Only the bad people would have gotten bitten on the island of Melita. Someone here today, your mind's telling you, this shouldn't happen to me. This, this, shouldn't, this shouldn't be in my family. This shouldn't be in our church. That shouldn't be on my doctor's report. That should be on somebody bad. I, Lord, I'm living for you. Y'all ever read your Bible and start talking to yourself? You try to talk to the characters and talk them out of it. Like you read Jonah and you're like, hey, Jonah, don't get on that boat to Tarshish, Dodo. Stop. I mean, you become, it, it is a living word, by the way. It is real. It is alive. You try to enter in. You're like, Judas, 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 don't take that silver. It's only going to end up bad for you, Judas. Hey, Judas, listen to me. I'm, you're going to end up hanging yourself, man. Ahab, Ahab, get your wife in check, Ahab. You know what she's doing. Ahab, you better get your wife in check, Ahab. Eve, don't take that fruit. Eve, don't take that fruit. You, know, you don't know what's going on. Eve, don't take that fruit. Y'all ever find yourself doing that when you read God's Word? And I... Reading, I'm thinking the thief on the cross, one of them's talking to Jesus like scum. You're like, don't you know who you're talking to, fella? No, he don't. The other one on the other side, he's believing what Jesus says. That thief's talking, he's like, now, somebody finally got a sense of mind. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You try to talk them out of it, try to talk them into it. Well, in this story, while I read God's living word, I'm like, I'm like, viper, don't, don't you bite Paul. Don't, no, 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 he's a good fella. Don't do that. Bite that barbarian over there. Bite that fella from Stony Point, amen? I know that's what y'all say up here in here tonight. You ever known folk in your mind, you're thinking to yourself, self, if that, if that viper bites them, you'll be doing yourself, God, and all the people around a favor. But that's not God's plan. Acts 28, it. It seems to us as if the viper is biting the wrong person in our text. Not, not Paul. Don't bite him. He's a church planner. He's a, he's a, vision, he's a visionary. Mr. Mr. Viper, did you, not, did you not read Acts chapter 9? Paul was on a road and 
God revealed himself to Paul. And Paul's a born-again man now. Paul's a good man. Paul's a, a godly man. Paul is a preacher. Paul is a missionary. Oh, d don't bite Paul. And you're maybe sitting here today thinking, man, that shouldn't have come my way either. Don't bite me. I shouldn't be the one getting bitten. You know, I hadn't done anything wrong, Lord. Why me? A reminder today, though, before we go forward, if someone smites you, remember this, if someone hurts you, it's not God who smites you. It is not God that is hurting you. God is always good. Amen. When someone mistreats you, that's not God mistreating you. Maybe he allowed it. Maybe he did. God did give the thumbs up to Job. I don't know if y'all remember the story or not. But at any rate, don't ever let someone's wrongdoing to you make you mad at God, okay? God is good. Amen. For the rest of you that don't know that, it goes, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. His mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. And if you feel stranded, if you feel alone today, you feel smitten and abused, what, what should I do, preacher? Should I quit? Should I... Should I quit living for God? When my, man, since I've started living for God, sister, let me tell you something. Whoever got baptized today, since you start living for God, your problems have only started some of them. Ask Paul. Ask Paul. What should I do when problems come and I'm a believer? When, when struggles do come my way and I am saved, born again, child of God, what should I do? Should I quit? Quit reading his word? No, that's never the time to stop that. Should I stop attending church? Absolutely not. You should shake it off. That's what I'm here to tell you today. Shake it off. Thirdly, let me say this today, and I'll be out of your hair today. Shake it off when you're slandered and attacked. That's what, that's what Paul did. He, he shook it off whenever uh, he was slandered and attacked as well in our story today. The, the viper bites, and, and what happens? Uh, the people bite. I don't know if you noticed that. After the viper bites, the, the, people, bite, the people bite. What, is, what does the audience say? He's a murderer. That's old Paul. He, he's a murderer. And the worst thing in the world that can happen is to be hurt and attacked at the same time. That's what happened to Paul. Now he's hurt. He's been shipwrecked. And they're attacked. They're, they're demeaning his character. They're running his name through the muck and the mud. They're talking bad about him calling his name. And the easiest thing for someone to do while you're going through a storm, while you're going through a bite in your life, is to make a comment that is false and wrong about you. Go on and say amen, Job. I just heard him from years gone by. Y'all remember his three friends? Old buddies. <laughs> They're lying about Paul. Paul isn't a murderer. He's a church planner. Paul isn't a, a murderer, he's a missionary. Paul isn't a murderer, he's a visionary. Paul is not a murderer, he's a child of God, a godly man, a godly mentor, a great friend. That's who Paul is. And when storms come your way, you can look for it. People will start calling your names, they'll start making assumptions about you, they'll start talking bad about you, they'll start making false remarks. My friend, tune it out, I'm telling you to shake it off. Tune into what Christ has to say for you. Whenever I started in the mission work, man, people have said, man, Todd's, <laughs> Todd's using all the money for, for his family. 
You can ask your church who they write the check to. Hope Givers International. I don't make a penny for coming. Don't want one. I, I build tents. I provide for my family. Some people give here and there. Thank God for it. But I, let me tell you something. People told me this, Pastor Bradley. He takes all that money, and he built, he built him a big old mansion in North Carolina. Y'all come to my house. I live in Redneckville. <laughs> I have metal sheds. You can ask my friend Michael. He pumps concrete for me from time to time. Man, I work like a dog. Say, why, preacher? I have a family to provide for. Man should work by the sweat of his brow. And I think he should. But I've been mocked. I've been up and down the ladder. You know what? Jeremiah did have a, he had a good idea when he was five. He said, Dad, why don't you take all that money and just build us a mansion down on Lake Norman? I said, son, I am building, I am building a mansion, but it ain't on Lake Norman. And I am. But I'm not the one building it, actually. He said, I go there to prepare that place for you. And boy, there's no master I'd rather serve today than Jesus. Oh, when Paul, when Paul didn't die and when Paul didn't swell up, they changed their, they changed their attitude. It went from murder to, oh, he's a God. <laughs> Look at him. He didn't swell up. He didn't die. He's been bitten by the most venomous snake and Oh, and the work of God, Pastor, let me go ahead and tell you, it's not hard to go from, from hero to zero at the drop of a hat, and it's not, it's not hard to go back the other way either, to go from zero to hero really quickly. They'll love you today, they'll hate you tomorrow. They'll hate you today, they'll love you tomorrow. That's why you have to live for an audience of one. His name is Jesus. I'm telling you today, Sulphur Springs, you can't live for the praise of man or the applause of people. You have, you have to live for an audience of one. You have to live for Jesus. I want you to say amen. I, I know your choir desires to hear you say hallelujah. I preach the same at Boring Baptist Church as I do at Blessing Baptist Church. I preach the same at New Life as I do at No Life. Amen. I preach the same. You say, why preacher? Because God is the same. His life in me does not change whether I'm at this spring or that spring Baptist church, it doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He saved me, not you. He redeemed me, not you. He set me free, not you. So he is my audience of one, and I'm here to please him today and no one else. That's what Paul was on the island for, was for Jesus. He said, don't get off the boat. And I'm telling you today, you ought to be able to sing when you're not in the choir loft, amen. You ought to be able to sing when you don't have a soundtrack, when you, when you don't have a crowd of people, whenever, whenever you're all by yourself. Why? Psalmist said he put a new song in my mouth, amen. When he found me in the muck and the mire of my sin, living in my sin, wretched and hell bound. Oh, oh that when, when there wasn't, when there wasn't a, an offering good enough, when, the, when there wasn't a lamb that was found white enough, God sent forth his son while I was yet a sinner. Christ died for me and for you. And I'm not singing today. There, thank you, Ethan, for not turning on the, uh, the speaker thing while I was singing. Y'all are blessed by that, I can tell you, and you didn't even know it. Y'all experienced a blessing and received one without asking today. You did not hear me sing, but I did not sing today nor do I preach today because I'm on the schedule. I did not sing or preach today because the 
piano was playing or because you had the words on the screen to follow, I sing today because he put a song in my mouth. And if he ain't put one in yours today, oh, you ought to come to Jesus because you'll never shake off what you've got latched on to you today. Have you lost your song because people have talked about you? Instead of getting mad, you know what Paul did? Instead of getting mad, Paul finds a chance to help somebody. There's a lot of mad people on church pews today. Go on, preach, preacher. You look at them. Y'all remember the Angry, the Angry Birds game? You pull back the bird in the rubber band and the little, uh, oh, what's that thing called, slingshot? Pull them back and you let them go. I thought to myself years ago, man, if I could, if I could invent a video game called Angry Baptist, bring them in the church door, you put them in the slingshot, you shoot them out, you hit the, amen. I'd never have to raise funds for kids again. It'd already be done. Y'all help me invent that, amen. I'll, fe I'll feed hundreds and thousands of kids off of it. <laughs> Paul didn't get mad. No, the island's chief, his father is sick. And guess who God uses to heal him? The same guy they've slandered. The same guy they've called murderer. See, you really don't lose your testimony when people who are foolish talk bad about you. Because the same people who talk foolish about you are going to be the same people who actually need you down the road. Don't forget that when you're living for Jesus. Some people will run you down. They will talk your name in the dirt. They will talk behind your back differently than they talk in front of your face. They're the ones who will need you to see them through in days gone by. I remember I sold my wedding ring in South India to purchase a sound system for gospel meetings. I went into the gold shop and I sold it and I got, I got the, the money for, for my gold band. Didn't tell them why I was doing it. But uh, as we was leaving, Pastor Saji said, you know what they were saying about you? I said, no, I really don't want to know because I hadn't learned hardly anything of Molly Allam yet. And my wife wasn't with me and I really didn't want to know what they say because most people talk bad about me anyway. And that's fine. They said, he probably, he probably left his wife, got a divorce. <laughs> I'm selling my wedding ring to buy a sound system for a gospel track because I can't get enough money out of ATM. And you know what, that's, that's, that's their report. This guy's divorced his wife. <laughs> we go to the first gospel meeting, Pastor Bradley. You want to know who was there at the gospel meeting? The owner of the gold shop. You know who got saved at the gospel meeting that night? The owner of the gold shop. You know what the owner of the gold shop did for me after the gospel meeting that night? He purchased me a wedding ring that was four times the value of the wedding ring that I had pawned in to get the money for the speakers for the gospel meeting that day. Let me tell you, whenever the snake is on you, don't listen to what it's saying. You listen to God. And whether they mock you, whether they don't, Look out because there's a chief in the village on the island of which you're stranded on. Somebody needs you to shine light in darkness. Why am I on Melita? I can't. I don't know right now. Why did I get snake bit? Why am I not dead yet? I don't know yet, but I got news for you. Don't give up. Shake it off. Don't, don't give up yet. Don't throw in the towel yet. Uh, and I can tell you this. We've been through, we've been through some interesting stuff this last this last two and a half years. Can I have five more minutes? Is anybody angry? If you're angry, you can come and repent. Amen. The altars are open, pastors, if that's okay. 
I'm, I'm just I'm gonna say that y'all can come and repent but let me it's been a it's been a hectic last year and a half or two years you can ask anyone who's worked in medical and, and I never get sick I don't know if y'all that kind of people or not I never get sick I man I don't take flu shots I didn't take the COVID shot, I'm not scared to die and I don't get sick. I'm not scared to die, but I'm not foolish at the same time. Okay, my kids get sick, we care for them. Uh, my wife, if she gets sick, I, I care for her. We still sleep in the same bed. Doesn't matter if she's coughing or hacking or whatever. I, I'm not scared of it, but I'm telling you what, God must know because I'm a wimpy sick. Ladies, y'all are saying amen because you're sitting beside all them wimpy sick guys, right? When they get sick, God help you. <laughs> I don't take my health for granted, preacher. I don't. I'm thankful for it. I'm, again, as I stood here at the beginning, I said I'm glad to be alive, and I am. But I'm saying this today. I'm saying this today. I did get COVID. I got it three times. I, I've been sick. But there will come a time I won't recover. There will come a time there will... There will come an instance in my life. There will come a sickness. There will come an illness. There will come an accident. There will, there will come an occurrence. There will come, there will come a happening from which Todd Payne will not recover. Nor will you. It doesn't matter how great your faith is. It doesn't matter how big your prayer backing is. It is appointed, it is appointed unto men once to die. And then, then the judgment. Hebrews 9 and 27. And I say this today, I had it three times and recovered. I'm still here for a purpose. I had a friend of mine in, in India, Andy Leper. He left a wife and a child uh, behind. He died last year on the, on, the, on the bed of sickness and affliction of COVID. You look at it and you think to yourself, man, I'm getting sicker, my x-rays are getting worse and worse, and let me throw a stony point vocabulary, worser in there, it's getting worser and worser, it just ain't getting no gooder, amen, you think to yourself, why, why am I here, why, I'm serving you, Lord, I'm, I'm laid up now, and I thought that the three times I had COVID, man, I had a, a temperature, felt terrible, I'd lost my taste and smell, that is not of God, Man, I'm telling you, even though God allowed COVID, let me say this. God meant for you to have taste and smell. You eat apple pie and can't taste it, that is a sin. Walk into the coffee pot and can't smell it brewing, preacher. That ain't no good. I laid there some days and I thought, will I be like everyone else? Will I ever see India again? Will I ever build another church, preacher? Will I ever see another orphan smile? And while lying there, I reminded as Paul went through a storm he didn't ask for, a snake that he didn't foresee, a slandering while laying in the midst of all his trouble. It all came Paul's way, and Paul reminded me of a sweet name of God that is in the Bible, whose name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And as a child of God today, I'm saying this. God said, not me, not the doctors, not medicine. God said, I'm not done with Todd yet. And that's the only reason you're still here. God's not done with some of you yet. And before you leave God's house today, don't leave swollen and dead. 
leave it after shaking your snake off. Run it back into the fire. As our musicians come this morning with a song of invitation, I just wonder who's here today who's got something latched onto you, who's got something that has bitten you, that's smitten you. You may be here today feel stranded. Maybe here today you feel like you're smitten or hurt. You're here today and you feel like, man, they've, they've slandered me. They've, they've attacked me with words. Don't feel bad. Y'all remember the prophet Jeremiah? <laughs> Y'all to read the 20th chapter. He was sick and tired of being sick and tired. The prophet Jeremiah, he's doing everything that God's told him to do. God's people are ignoring him. They're rejecting him. God's people, not the heathen, God's people. They, they've thrown him into, the congregation threw him into prison, Pastor Bradley. That's a bad report. Not on Jeremiah, but on the people of God. When God's people don't want to hear God anymore, that's a bad thing. And Jeremiah was God's gift to them, but they treated him like a curse. And in chapter number 20, Jeremiah was done. He had, he had, he had gave up. If you read his words, you know he's gave up by his, his words that he said. In verse 7 of chapter 20, he said, They mock me daily. I am in daily derision. They give me nothing but trouble, Lord. And if you get to verse number 9 of Jeremiah chapter 20, the first half of that verse, Brother Mark, Jeremiah says, I will not make mention of your name anymore. That's the words of a prophet. Madam God, I quit. Lord, I'm not even going to say your name no more. Some of y'all are up to there too. I'm not going to pray no more in public. What's the use for living for God in school? Everybody else is losing their virginity. Why not me? Because God didn't call you to be that young lady nor young man. God didn't call you to cuss when your friends are cussing. He called you to be a light in darkness. I'm going to quit, he said. I'm not going to speak your name anymore, but I love what the last part of it says. Jeremiah 20, verse 9. He said, But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. Church, today, Jeremiah said his word, his word, his word kept me going. And if there's anything that I've had to put my trust in, Pastor James, in these last three years of ministry, you ask me why I'm up every day reading it in the morning before they go to school, before I go to work. There is not the tile I lay, the brick I put in, the foundation I pour, the, the studs I stack. There is nothing more important to my day than this book. No house plans, because I can't build a house if this ain't planned right. House ain't sticks and stones, it's not bricks, mortar, it's not carpet. It is your family and how you live the faith out in front of them. Church, I'm telling you to shake it off. Stuck to you. Don't leave swollen. <laughs> Live living for Jesus.
Would you stand with me? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, in Jesus' name, would you seal your word to our heart. For believers here today, Lord, those who are in the midst of storm, God, would you give them the help to shake off in the midst of the fire. I know they're trying to help. I know they're trying to do what ought to be, but Lord, they feel like it's going nowhere. Is it ought not? Lord, in the midst of these days and trials, Lord, I pray storms and shipwrecks and strandedness and slanderedness, <laughs> smitten and bitten. God, there is none like you. Lord, may we be reminded and refreshed, and Lord, may we leave your house today. Lord, filled with encouragement, Lord, to live for you, Jesus. When it's all falling apart, hand in the air, shaking it, getting it off today. I don't want the venom in me. I don't want the world in me. I don't want the sin in me any longer. Oh, it'll make me swell up. It'll, it'll kill me. It'll destroy my family. Lord, I pray your help for your believers today. Lord, would they find a place where they can shake off. Shake off what is trying to, to burden and pull them down. Find a place at their seat or in an altar today, Lord, to get with you. Oh, Lord, I still encourage altars. That shows, Lord, I, I want this. I want this. I want this. I want this. Lord, I want this. I want you, Lord. There's a lot of people who don't. They're happy with status quo. They're Lord, they're happy with just coming and being part of a, of a club, a social club, an attendance. God, may Sulphur Springs never be guilty of that. But be guilty for people who say, my heart is on fire for the word. I tried to stop talking about him. I've, I've tried. I, I was upset. I didn't want to talk about your name no more, Lord. But Lord, today, I couldn't keep it in me. Because you're alive and you live in my heart. God, I've got to let that light shine forth. Father, if there's one here above all that's lost and undone, I pray God give them the unction, Lord, to come if you spoke to their heart about the forgiveness of their sin that was given by your precious blood on Calvary's cross. Lord, if they've realized they're a sinner today, they're without God. They don't know, Lord, if they died today, they would spend eternity in a place called heaven. Lord, if that's them today, God help them to make their way to an altar, to a pastor today and say, say, Lord, I need, I need to be saved. I need to be forgiven my sin because if I died this moment, Lord, I would not spend eternity in heaven. Lord, I'd be eternally, eternally ridden in a place called hell. As real as real can be is this life in which we live and the Lord which we spoke about today. So Lord, would you stir your people today at Sulphur Springs? Have your own way. Have your own way in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.